Welcome to the Adventist Healthcare and You podcast. I'm Shanna. And I'm Nimit. We have an exciting episode because it is number 25. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like there's a lot of people here. We're going to walk down memory lane and discuss the past 24 episodes and look how far we've come. When we started this a year ago or so, I don't even know, we just thought we're going to do this because it's a way to reach our community. It's a way to tell the stories of our patients and of our caregivers and raise awareness and, and help our community. I, I had no expectations and getting to episode 25 feels really good. And we've told some really nice, really great stories and shared a lot of wonderful information. Yeah. I mean, uh, looking back, I'm like, oh, wow, that was a lot of time, a lot of work we've done. And it was so worth it. And I feel like we, we learned a lot of things and let alone the, our our um, audience. Yes. So we've got some, apparently our producers have planned some activities <laughs> and celebrations. So we'll see what that is. I'm nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Uh, later in the episode, we're going to sit down with Adventist Healthcare's Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Patsy McNeil. We'll just kind of talk a little bit just about healthcare in general and what it's like here at Adventist Healthcare, what challenges that the healthcare industry is having, and what is really special about it. So stay with us throughout the whole episode. Yeah, I'm excited to have her. So, you know, it'll be, it'll be exciting. Yep. Um, but, Shanna, so we have been hosting this podcast for about a year and a half now. Yep. We've done 24 episodes and on various topics with, with you know, a lot of different experts. Um, but just looking back, like one has to stand out to you, right? Like what, which one is your favorite episode out of all the episodes we've done? I have to say, and I know it's because it was our one of our last ones, but Miss Smith and yeah. her story of being a cancer survivor, I felt was so impactful and inspiring. And I just loved being in her presence and, and hearing her strength and her journey was very, very special. And it really made it feel like we were also part of her story. Yeah. You know, I, it's funny. I was, I was thinking about that answer to that when I was going to ask you that question. And I was like, you know what? I know Shannon's going to say this. I know this one's because it's one of my favorite episodes as well, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's with the patient and she's telling her story with the provider being right there as well. I was thinking, I was like, you know, what, what other episodes like stood out to me personally? And we, we had a couple episodes about mental health yes. um, and well-being. Um, and there was one with um, Dr. Leslie specifically mm-hmm. that we did early on. Um, and it was right after the pandemic. And it was such a necessary topic. And I think that was probably my second favorite, I guess, um, after after Ms. Smith's um, story a couple episodes ago. Uh, but, you know, the mental health well-being, I think we don't talk about it enough. Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot of pointers for us and, and lessons learned. And then we had a one episode with um, our life work strategy manager. On Kathleen, burnout. On burnout as well. Yes. That actually helped me personally yeah. a little bit work through how I was feeling about burnout and inspired me to look into it even more yeah. and find ways to help myself. So I hope our, our listeners got something from that one too. And not that I'm saying like any other episodes were not good. Oh, no, they've not. all been excellent, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the themes I've seen from all the episodes is just about preventative care and, mm-hmm. and communicating with the providers and ensuring that you know, you are going to your doctor, having that conversation. I mean, the research has changed for every diagnosis. And, you know, uh, being in healthcare myself, it's hard to navigate and, and keep up with the research. So I think your provider has the best knowledge for that. 
But that means that you talk to them, have open communication with them. Yes. And I that's think, kind of been our theme for most of the Yeah, I think we've learned and we've heard that it's important to remember your health. Don't put it on the back burner. It, maybe it's something we just don't think about yeah. because it's just it's who we are. You know, it's, we just live our daily lives and we just don't think about it unless there's a problem. Um, but I've gotten out of the last 25, 24 episodes to think about it yeah. and make it a priority when I need to. Yeah. I think one of our episodes was about um, advanced planning or yes. advanced directives. Yes. And I think that got me thinking. I don't think we should talk to our family members and have those conversations started because, quite frankly, I've not done it I haven't it done it either, yes. And but I did say when I got home, I think we need to talk about this. Well, I, I did talk about that. I was <laughs> like, I should, yeah, I said we should, like, talk about this. So my wife and I were kind of discussing it, but yes. didn't really get anywhere. But we're yeah. hoping to get to that. You yes. Know. Well, what are some what are some topics that you think we should cover in our next 25? That's a hard one because I feel like we've covered so many great topics. Um, I think, you know, talking to Dr. McNeil about the future of healthcare, what that's going to be, I think having more talks about that. Oh, that's a good point. That, yeah. You know, talking about what the future is going to be like because we've learned so much over the And what past, innovations are happening. And what innovations are happening at other hospitals or what can we learn from each other, mm-hmm. what other nations are doing and, and kind of how our community benefits from that and what they should be doing yeah. as part of the change. I like that. I was thinking for that top, for what topics we should cover. I To piggyback what you were saying is I want to cover more on mental health. Yeah, I think that's is a topic that continuously comes up from a lot of our experts yeah. where they, they just say that that's a, 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 a greater issue and we need to talk more about it. So hopefully we can delve more deeply into that. Yeah. So what is something that has surprised you or shocked you over the past, you know, few episodes that we've learned? I don't want to say it shocked me because I think I already knew it, but we have at Adventist Healthcare wonderful physicians and experts and people here that really make a difference. Yeah. And this has been such a great way to tell those stories and let our, our community know who they are in a very different way. Yeah. So that's what I have been most surprised about. Not that we have wonderful experts because I already knew that, but that this is a, a a way to let people get to know them even better. Yeah, I think I have some similar feelings about that. I think the services we offer mm-hmm. uh, as Adventist Healthcare and just getting the different speakers, right? And knowing like, what do they do and mm-hmm. how do they offer their services? Um, me being within the system itself, I, I'm not familiar with some of those services. Yes. So I think- just knowing more about it. Like, you know, I think there was an episode on cancer uh, wellness. Yes. Um, and not for the diagnosis itself, but the ment- uh, mental health of, of the cancer the patients The whole person, well. yep. Yeah, the holistic approach. And I think that was like kind of eye-opening for me as well um, because that was something I didn't even think about, but that's something that is valued by our patients and stuff. Oh, there's a knock at the door. Tina! <laughs> Well, one of our colleagues, Tina, has joined us. Apparently, <laughs> she's here for the 25th episode. Is this a surprise for you too, or? No, I was in on it. Your terrific crew asked me to be here, Aww. and I am so honored, you guys. And for the listeners at home, you need to know that Shanna just one day said, "You know, I really want to do a podcast, and by <laughs> golly, I'm going to do it." And here we are, 25 episodes later. And so, congratulations! Oh, thank you. This is not about me and Nimit, though. This is about wanting to tell the stories yes. that are happening here at Adventist Healthcare because 
they're really special and in, in the care and the people that we have here. Absolutely. But I got to give credit where credit <laughs> is due. So congratulations to you and Nimit. You know, uh, you are a rock star from your days at Shady Grove. <laughs> I was thrilled to work with you then and to have you here sharing some of the great stories of the care we give yeah, and giving I'm your insight. Excited. Yes. And he's just rolled with it. We've thrown I, things I, at I, him and he's like, just been like, like, sure. I don't do anything. I just like come here and talk. And, and <laughs> well, who doesn't opinion? like to just come and talk? And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so congratulations to both of you oh, for making you. it to 25. Congratulations to the crew that works behind the scenes on the show. And yes. We, we could not do it without the producers that we have. Honestly, they do an excellent job in making us sound wonderful and gets everybody here on time and all of that. Yeah, I think we do the easy job here. We do. <laughs> so congratulations to all of you. And we could continue this love fest all day, but I understand we have a little trivia to play. Oh, trivia. Okay. Yes. Oh, my God. So They know I love trivia. <laughs> yes. and they uh, don't, I don't love trivia. <laughs> So uh, we are going to do a little bit of podcast trivia okay, to see how well you guys remember your 25 episodes. Oh, okay. my God. And, uh, <laughs> are, okay. We have some official buzzers. Oh, uh, so it's a competition. Okay. I, I lose. I'll be <laughs> I have full faith in you, Nimid. You got to represent our Shady Grove. I'm going to uh, try. Moms here. <laughs> Um, but oh. <laughs> all right. So yeah, don't buzz early. I, I, I was trying to make sure it works. <laughs> so squeak to answer, I guess okay. is what we're doing here. But here, here we go with the first question. Which podcast episode was the longest? It, so I think it was the one with Mrs. Smith and her story. <laughs> yes. um, wasn't it Dr. Leslie's on mental health? That was two parts. That was two parts. Oh, it doesn't count. Okay. All right. Nimit is correct. All right. One point to Nimit. (laughs) Darn. All right. Second question. Who was our first guest and what was the topic of the episode? Oh, oh. Uh, First guest was Dr. Avni Jane and it was on getting back to the doctor. We're going to take that answer, okay. Sharon. Was it like reset something? Health reset. Health I think reset. See, I should get half a point for that. <laughs> I'm going to let the official scorekeepers over here settle any debates. I'm just here to ask the question. So um, the third question is, who closes the podcast the most? Oh, Nimit. China. Yes, you are correct. It is Shannon. Well, I think we need to change that. Uh, I'm so afraid to do that part. <laughs> you do so well, though. Uh-huh. I have full faith. I think you could do it. I think you could too. Yes. Uh, Okay. Question number four. Who has been the most frequent guest and how many times have they been on? Dr. Jane? She's been on twice. I was going to say Dr. Avni Jane too. Dr. Jane is the correct answer, but the number is still up for grabs. Three? Yes. Oh. (laughs) Yes. Well, one point each, I guess. She's one of the good ones. (laughs) Yes. One of many, many in our system. That's true. All right. Question number five. What day was the first podcast episode released? Date or month? We're looking for a full date, month, day, and year. January 12th, 2022. I want to say November 2022, November 15th. Okay. We, we have November is correct. Oh. So half year a point. is wrong. Oh, was it 2021? So November 17th, 2021. Wow. wow. 
I didn't realize we had the podcast in 2020. I thought it was 2022 we started early. Time time flies, right? Yeah. yeah. It's all a blur since COVID, isn't it? It does. I, I think I said that at one point on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. like, do I have lost track of time. November 17th, 2021. All right. Question number six. One topic was split over two episodes. I didn't even get the question out, you guys. <laughs> what was the topic and who was the guest? Was Dr. Marissa Leslie on mental, well, mental health well-being. I think we both should get that answer because I gave it to him earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I put that to the uh, crew here <laughs> to settle any debates. Uh, question number seven, which expert came on the podcast to discuss colorectal cancer and is a survivor themselves? Um, talking about the provider? Yeah. Dr. Ackerman. No. Provider was Dr. Ackerman. Was she? No, we had, you missed that one. You weren't here for that episode. It was Dr. Janaja. Yes. Oh. Who, from the White Oak Cancer Center. Yes. Okay. Now there is a bonus opportunity. Ooh. Here is the bonus opportunity. What was the episode number? Hold on. I got to count. 17. <laughs> I didn't guess. Six. Close. You are very close. Seven. Seven <laughs> is the correct answer. Lucky seven. I had to, th- I had to count. All right. This is the last question. How many episodes have had more than one guest and what were the topics? Okay, now we have dead air, so I have to say something. (laughs) There's there's slow to squeak in here. Uh, Crickets. (laughs) Uh, More than one guest. Uh, So we had Miss Smith and Dr. Ackerman was one. I know two. I don't know of more than two, though. What was the other one? It was um, palliative care, not palliative oh, care. Oh, yes, Dr. The, uh, Young and palliative care. Yes, yes. and Dr. Yeah, Reeves, which yes. was excellent. Yes, and then I'll, I'll give you a hint on the last one. It involves a specific time of year. Specific time of year. And mental health. No. I don't know. You're Okay, I, I don't know that one. It is managing holiday stress. Oh, that's right. And Dr. Jane came on that one. And Patricia, oh, Patricia Hertz from Shady Grove's oh, Fitness yeah, and Health yeah. Center. She's one of yes. our dietitians. Yes, our cardiac rehab. Yes. Yep. All right. That's it. So do we have a winner? Oh, looks like Shanna ran away with it. <gasps> it was that extra it, one it, I gave you. It, well, actually, it was pretty close. It was yes. five to four. So. I'll okay. take that as close. That's good. I'll it, take that's good. Close. <laughs> it was a, it, some of them were a team effort. You know, so. that's, that, but that is reminding me, we've had some really nice topics. And I encourage anybody listening to this episode to go back and listen to some of those episodes. They were good. Well, we do have a little hardware here for the winner. Oh. So, uh, Shanna, you can display this <gasps> trophy proudly. <laughs> well, to dad. our listeners listening, gorgeous uh, trophy, episode 25 trophy. Is so, it pre-ingrained with your name on it? So It's a winner podcast. No pre-name. We'll, we'll etch it at a later date. Nimmin and I will share it. He'll get it for six months. There and then go. I can have it for six months. Well, I have great news, and that is there are no losers here. So we actually 
have a second one. So I'm going to have to share. So thank you both. And we want all of our colleagues. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Of course. And I hope you guys will have me back for 50. We'll, We'll play some more trivia and I think Tina has a better voice than I do. She should guest host sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm here and ready. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've walked down memory lane enough. So we appreciate all of our listeners sticking with us. Now I'd like to introduce Dr. Patsy McNeil. She is here to discuss with us the future of healthcare. Dr. McNeil is the, the system chief medical officer for Adventist Healthcare. Prior to this role, she was the CMO at Adventist Healthcare Shady Grove Medical Center and is also an emergency room physician. And we are really excited to have you. Thank you, Dr. McNeil, for joining us. It is great to be here. It's our 25th episode, and we just wanted to have you on to to help us celebrate, but also answer some questions about healthcare in general. It's changed in a lot of ways in the last three years, not only because of COVID, but other things. And we just wanted to get your, your thoughts on it. So let's just jump right into it. First off, why did you decide to get into healthcare in general? You know, it's, it's funny. I, I took a, a little bit of a securitist route into healthcare. I had planned on, of all things, being a paleontologist and decided once I went on my first dig, that was not the way that <laughs> was a great fit for my personality. My son wants to be, wanted to be a paleontologist a couple years ago. And I was waiting, I was like, it's going to change sometime. <laughs> it seems a lot more fun on paper. I think so. <laughs> out in the rain, digging for bone the size of a piano with a toothpick. So yep. I will say that, but you know, it, Really, I've always had a bit of a heart for healthcare, even in the beginning. I was a, a candy striper when I was in my teens. Uh, it always was something I came back to. And really, when it came to the end of the day, I wanted to be in a profession which I would always have such deep purpose. Not that paleontology doesn't, but when you're taking care of human beings, there's nothing better than that. And that really eventually drove me into healthcare and then drove me into emergency medicine and then to leadership, frankly, mm-hmm. and to be a chief medical officer and beyond. Yeah, that's great. And Dr. McNeil, it's great to have you. I think it's it's so amazing to have you and your expertise towards the topic. Um, I know you, you know you said that you came to healthcare with your passion towards it. Why why did you pick AHC? Why did you pick Adventist Healthcare? And what keeps you here? You know, I followed friends who were talking about Shady Grove, and when I got here, the culture is what has kept me here so many years. I've now been uh, working at Adventist Healthcare in some way, shape, or form for eighteen years, and the culture is just great. The people are really all in it to win it as far as the patients are concerned. Uh, there's kindness here, yeah. not only with patients and to patients, but to each other. Uh, and it stands out. It stands out compared to every other health organization I've ever worked with, frankly. And so that culture really brought me here and kept me here and keeps me here year after year because everyone here is so pulling for excellence yeah. and excellence for the patients in the communities where our hospitals and healthcare centers are. Yeah, it really... Over the years, it's it really just comes down to the people. The, it does the, the people we serve, but who we are, and and it just makes it a special place. It does. I mean, we all spend so much time at work, no matter what work you do. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to spend as much time as anybody in healthcare is spending right now, especially, <laughs> you want to be in the trenches with somebody you can depend on and who you enjoy you know working with and you can laugh with and that you feel you know able to be vulnerable with if you need to. Mm-hmm. And Adventist Healthcare is definitely that place. Yeah, yeah. I've been in Adventist Healthcare for a little under five years at this point. And I think I've seen the culture here and in other organizations. And the culture here is just, I think it calls you here and people truly genuinely mean it. You know, when they're saying hello to you or good morning to you, when they pass by, they're like intentionally looking at GI and, and, and wanting to say hello to you as opposed to a, 
uh, as just a formality. Absolutely. You know? mm-hmm. Absolutely. And during the pandemic, you know, when things were so in the, the height of the pandemic, I should say, it's not as if it's completely over, but the height of the pandemic, when things really couldn't have been, <laughs> they felt as if they could not been, have been any worse. Um, I, at the time, was the CMO at Shady Grove, and I and that executive team and all of us were just, you know, we must protect these patients. Yeah. We must protect each other. We were spending 17-hour days there mm-hmm. and doing it with no blinking because we yeah. were like, this is what we're going to do. These are our family. These are the people that we care about. Um, you know, you know, it's important that we do this to the top of our ability. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, it was your moment. It was the um, moment to do. It was the moment to do. I don't yep. know if it was my moment, but it, was, <laughs> it seemed like it was everybody's moment. It was, yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. And as we are in, you know, this era now, you know, past, somewhat past the pandemic and, and in the newer era of um, hospitals and hospital settings, what what are you seeing and what does the community needs to know about when to come to a hospital, what to expect when they're at the hospital, and what has changed before the pandemic versus now? Yeah. This is a difficult question actually to answer because it varies a bit depending on the person's scenario. And I'll just say that as a setup. I'd say I'd start with this. If you have a primary care doctor, all primary care doctor offices, you know, make themselves available to phone calls and there's somebody on call 24 hours a day. So generally, uh, most ailments you can call, they will give you a direction of where to go. Whether you go to the emergency department or not or come to the office the next day or come to the office next week. And so that's just base information I think that most people know. There are still people out there who don't have primary care doctors, though. And so when there are wounds that you can't take care of at home, uh, when you're having chest pain, head pain, things that can be categorized even widely as life-threatening or um, life-compromising that are severe, I'd much prefer people come into the hospital. Now, having said that, there are always things that are, I will just confess and say, media-driven. Back in the day, I remember, uh, you know, multiple little things, and we'd have people come into the hospital really concerned about random things that are unlikely to happen. So try to curate that a bit. I mean, the likelihood that somebody who works in a library has Ebola, for instance, is pretty low. But when... (laughs) That media, you know, drift was going there. We had people who said they'd been traveling. Oh, you've been traveling. I went to Delaware. Okay, you don't have Ebola. (laughs) So literally that was a patient. So, you know, use some common sense and and things that really require one to uh, feed into our emergency departments, uh, especially. I will also say uh, this, like what has changed? You know, the pandemic, you know, everybody has awareness of this great resignation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that happens everywhere from the grocery store to the library to a factory. Uh, And so we're all feeling like supply chain problems somewhat because of this. It's no different in in healthcare right now. And so the change is that, you know, we really value our nursing resource and our physician resource. Pre-pandemic, there began to be a little bit of a slide as far as having people available in healthcare um, than there used to be. And it takes human beings to take care of human beings. We are not know, 100 years in the future where we would be walking through it. There's no robots. There's no robots. There's no (laughs) Star Trek here, (laughs) not right now. Uh, And so we need people. And so I I think that that is a change. We are are doing well at Adventist Healthcare in that regard. We're able to take care of people. Mm -hmm. But the abundance of resource that used to be in healthcare across the board, no matter where you are, has changed. And so patience is something that I would definitely uh, ask of the community. Uh, I would ask the community to take care of themselves. Uh, you know, I heard a comedian talk about how America feeds its people as if they, as if healthcare is free. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's important to eat right, get some sunshine, take care of your mental health, drink fluids, you know, do the things that we all know to do, but are always drifting towards not doing and to take care of ourselves so that health emergencies are less likely to happen. 
Yeah. And that's a topic we, we continuously have come back to on this podcast is staying up to date with your screenings, doing little things to, to just stay on a, on a good path of, of health and, and having a relationship with your physician. You said a little bit ago that, you know, call your doctor. If you have any questions, that's what they're there for. And we've, and we've talked to other primary care physicians over the last 25 episodes and and we it, we want to encourage people to have that relationship where they don't they feel like they can call uh, and that they're not asking something that they don't have time for or if they don't know it's okay you call it's okay to call but it's also okay to take the time to have a yearly checkup. You yes. should know what your cholesterol is. Yes. You know it, it's definitely something that is a predictive of your future health. Um, if you are in the age range to do so, you should get a colonoscopy. This is a very preventable cancer. Uh, and I, I know that people who are reluctant to get a colonoscopy for whatever reasons of embarrassment, I know you don't want to have a colostomy. So please yeah. <laughs> go and yeah. get the screening. Do these basic things that take you very little time so that in the future when you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, which is possible these days, that you have a quality of life that's that's really worth seeing your children what happens in America, mm-hmm. technology, you want to be there for these things and be able to take care of them and take advantage of them. So just stay healthy and do the things we all know to do. Yeah. What are, you mentioned uh, some challenges um, that the, the entire healthcare industry is facing. You, you mentioned um, uh, staffing and shortages and things like that. What are some other challenges that for whatever reason we're talking about now, maybe they've always yeah. existed, but we're starting to talk about them well, or just have gotten worse. I mean, there are several things that have, have gotten a little uh, worse or different. Um, the first thing I'm going to talk about, which is um, on, a, on a lot of physicians' minds right now, is workplace violence. Yeah. Uh, and it is, you know, there's always been a little bit of workplace violence. People are at their worst moment and people aren't always their, you know, the best examples of themselves when they are the most fearful or the most distressed. They don't feel well. Yeah. They don't feel well. And so we understand that, but it's really kind of skyrocketed. And, and I, I have a heart for all of our nurses and docs who are closest to patient care because that puts them in danger sometimes. Workplace violence is higher in healthcare than it is in, in any other field by multiple folds. And that wow. is, uh, you know, difficult and a problem. Yeah. We talk about what happens on airlines. So I feel like yeah. we talk about that a lot, but we don't hear the other stone. We don't hear about other industries a lot. And that doesn't minimize the fact that folks that are on airlines also should not be treated. To workplace yes. Violence. Right. I agree. yes. Uh, yeah. But no one should. And that, and, that is an issue. Secondly, when I was in training, I could not imagine the level of gun violence that we have in the United States right now. It's really alarming and distressing. When you think about it going into the, the, the workplace as well as with children, uh, but no one who's going about their day as an American really deserves that, I think. And yeah. so that is something that is a challenge, especially as we think in the future about, you know, shortages of surgeons, anesthesiologists, other specialties. Like if that continues to escalate at the pace it is, how we take care of those who are victims of gun violence is alarming to me. Mm. So I'll say that. That's a, I never even thought about that, that no. as we're facing shortages, there there may be challenges to just even treating Victims yeah, you see more patients just because of these incidents Absolutely. as well. Yeah. And complications Absolutely. because of these incidents. Absolutely. My, my colleagues who are anesthesiologists right now, there's a massive shortage across the United States. So that the thought is that for the anticipated surgeries for the age ranges of people that are going to roll forward, 
it'll take 16 years to catch up with that shortage. Mm -hmm. So if you think about trauma centers across the United States, then think about normal, you know, just uh, road uh, accidents. And then you think about gun violence that kind of bunch up at a time unpredictably. Mm -hmm. There may not be the resource of anesthesiologists to take people to the OR. You know, I don't want to completely alarm people, but these are real questions that need to be answered for the future. And that, that worries me. The third thing I'll talk about is we just have gotten towards handling and being on the tail end, hopefully, of uh, our current COVID-19 pandemic. Infectious disease in the future, uh, I think, is also something that is beginning to morph and change a little bit. There's a little bit of overuse of antibiotics at times. I really encourage people not to kind of, uh, you know, heavily ask for antibiotics when you don't really need them as you want them to work in the future. And so, you know, COVID-19 is one thing as far as a pandemic, but there are other infections out there too. And those have, there are, there are a lot of identified, I'll call them germs and bugs for the public, uh, that weren't knowledge in, known when I was in medical school. Uh, and so that's changed. Now, on the positive side, there's a lot of changes that are great. Yeah. Uh, there's technology that has swooped into medicine that has revolutionized the way that we practice. There's innovation uh, that, like we've never seen before, there are physicians now doing daily procedures that literally did not exist when I was in medical school and when I was in residency, which you can interpret as me being old or just just things moving quickly. And it's really a combination of the two, truthfully, but things are really, really clipping forward, especially in the last 10 years in healthcare in really exciting ways just for the public, for the future. Mm -hmm. It's really interesting. Yeah. There's challenges, but there's a lot to look forward to. There is actually. Yeah. Longevity. Yes. Um, is uh, in the future is going to be really interesting to look through. Yeah. Can you elaborate on that? Like what, what makes healthcare, you know, we talked about some of the challenges within healthcare, but despite that, the great resignation affected all industries, not just healthcare, you know, over the past couple of years. So what makes healthcare so special and why should people pursue this in their career? I'm going to preface my uh, statement with a disclaimer that I am heavily biased. (laughs) (laughs) So am I, if that makes you feel better. We all are. (laughs) But it's just exciting, you know, to be, present when um, someone is having the birth of their first grandchild or their first child or to be present when someone is uh, told that their cancer is cured or to be present to guide somebody through the most fearful point of their lives in which you can be there to support them. It's an inspiration to be able to live that way on a daily basis. And so to me, healthcare is the most exciting industry to be in. Now, I know people want to be rocket scientists, and there's some people out there who still want to be paleontologists, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Um, but every day, every day, multiple times a day, you can make a difference in somebody's life in which you as an individual will never, ever be forgotten. People don't understand that. When you're standing in front, of, in front of a patient at the time that is the worst of their life or the best of their life, yeah. they're going to remember you, your name, your face, what you were wearing. It's the ability to have impact on people's lives like you will not have in any other industry. And yeah. even the small moments oh my matter goodness, yes. too. Even if, if you're not sick or uh, you're just, you have that relationship with your doc- your primary care doctor where it's those just those small moments over the years because you have that long-term relationship. Absolutely. Is, yeah. makes a difference too. Absolutely. You know, as an emergency medicine physician, I remember, you know, walking into rooms when people were just devastated in their faces. They looked up at me as this source of information and help and aid. And I took that as a privilege and as an honor and as something that I took very seriously. And I know that at Adventist Healthcare and beyond, frankly, healthcare workers have that same investment in the other people that they don't even know. 
to be able to make their their painful or positive moments better. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't know how else to express it besides that, but I think healthcare is just an amazing way to spend your life. I mean, the impact you have on the number of people you can have an impact on, you can't do that in other industries except for perhaps education. But we're more exciting. <laughs> out there, we're, we're more yeah. exciting. And in, in, in every role in healthcare, every you can role. play a role in any of that. You don't have to be a physician or a no. nurse to, no. to really make a difference. Not at all. I Technologists mean, and imaging and... And our environment, yeah. Yeah, and our front desk and environmental access, services and all of that. information management. Yes. I mean, all of these things matter, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to make it easy for patients to get their, their records. And that used to not be as easy as it is now. That is profoundly impactful on somebody who may have, for instance, a cancer diagnosis who's trying to coordinate care across the entirety mm-hmm. of the beltway. Yeah. Uh, it's, these are impacts you make on people's lives that they, that they don't moments they won't forget. So I think it's the most powerful, interesting, exciting place in industry to be within. Well, we love your passion and we love that you're here at Adventist Healthcare. So what, what can you say about Adventist Healthcare and how we're meeting the challenges and and doing really great things here? Are there, is there anything, you know, a couple of things that you can share? I will say that I know that, you know, our, our workforce development, as far as making sure that people can get access, um, to, to work here has been working very, very hard, especially in the last three years. I know that there is innovation happening here at, at Adventist Healthcare. I speak to physicians all the time that are doing really, really just amazing things. Maryland model that we live within, which the public is, may not know, is a little bit restrictive as far as allowing uh, innovation, but there's also innovation of thought. The way we mm-hmm. deliver care here uh, is being morphed a little bit to make sure we can meet the needs of the, uh, the population. And all of that is going on here in the middle of this culture that I mentioned before that is so amazing mm-hmm. and compelling and uh, inspirational to work within. Uh, and so there's, there's, there are where everything is right yeah. now. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is the, 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 the uh, division of uh, healthcare around the Beltway to be in right now. We're growing uh, as well. You know, we have our, our um, kind of flagship hospitals, Shady Grove Medical Center, and always White Oak Medical Center as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we added Fort Washington Medical Center we a couple added years Fort ago. Washington Medical Center. We're in a management agreement with Howard University Hospital. Yeah. We are really, really growing and getting new partners and, and really trying to move towards a future in which we really have a group of both people and places that allow us to move through the industry and really make an impact. And so it's really just a great company to be, yeah. to be in and right now. We're in the, the feel of that is a community hospital. It's not... It's it's not some big hospital that's hard to navigate or anything right. like that. We're still your community hospital right. that has access to, as you said, innovation, top we physicians, uh, and then the culture and the patient experience is is very important. Very important. And, you know, even as we've grown, we've been able to kind of um, maintain or retain our ability to get that community feel. It's we still are of a size and of a structure and of a commitment so that, uh, you know, those who need within our uh, company can reach us to make change. And so I think that's very unique uh, as well. You can't necessarily say that. I don't believe at some of our, our larger neighboring hospital systems that someone could easily maneuver to the top yeah. there if they needed to. 
I think it goes back to what you were saying in the beginning about the culture. You know, I think um, from an innovation aspect of it, we're we're not afraid to try things, but also trying in in combination with what the community really wants, and still keeping that connection with the community. And if you want to make a change, it's not too complicated. The bureaucracy is not as you know no. cumbersome to get over to, to make that change. Mm-hmm. No, and, and healthcare is hard to navigate. Yeah, huh. it is extremely hard to navigate. Uh, I actually have a ninety-one-year-old mother who I coordinate care with my sister and. Even with what I know, it can be really, really a climb. And so I think it's great that here we are just of a size and of a culture and of a way to try and make it as easy as possible to, to navigate and are open to thought. I will say, too, especially since the beginning of the pandemic, it, it demanded and jump-started the ability to become more flexible. Yeah. And so we, we had, all learned we, that lesson. We had a little bit of our own bureaucracy before, and a lot of that broke down when you had to make uh, decisions immediately. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been a help, actually, and we are we are more flexible than we've ever been. And that might be a lesson that the entire healthcare industry may have learned is to I think so be able to be flexible and and move quickly. I agree. We had to. So what is what is one thing that you're excited about the future of healthcare? You know, it's funny. I I have been thinking. I am excited about what I don't know, actually. <laughs> and I say that again. I said a few bits ago that there are uh, physicians doing procedures in our hospital uh, every other day that weren't even thought of when I was in training. We have Dr. Dimitri Sagunis and Dr. Wayne Olin, for instance, to do neuro and vascular work. Where if you're having a stroke, they go in and literally take the clot that's causing the stroke physically out. That was completely impossible Wow! when I was in, uh, in medical school and residency. In residency, they were just beginning to um, do the studies on the clot-busting drug, uh, streptokinase at the time, but TPA, mm-hmm. uh, to be able to treat strokes as well. And a large amount of neurology, I'll just say, at the time, that was just diagnosis made and you walked away. There was nothing to treat these things. That's yeah. all changed now, which was unheard of. Back, back then. So I'm excited about the innovation that's occurring in medicine. I'm actually uh, excited about the fact, and this is going to sound a little strange, but the shortages that are about to come in healthcare with physicians and with nursing is going to be a, a healthcare industry disruptor. Mm-hmm. It's going to make us do other ways of taking care of patients. And so it's going to be difficult, but I'm excited to see what that's going to look like. Yeah. So I was like maybe a catalyst to another innovation. E- yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah. It will be obligatorily so. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think that's exciting. And I have very great belief in, and I don't want to wax too patriotic, but I, I am very patriotic in the ways that I think the Americans are good at innovating and changing industries as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world has the same problems that we have, uh, perhaps minus the, the gun violence, but you know, I think that we have really uh, an opportunity here to really shake things up and make sure that we maintain and escalate the way that we care for people. So I'm excited about what I don't know how to solve right now. I like most. that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we try to ask all of our guests uh, one last question, and that is, what is one tip that you have for our listeners to live a happy, healthy life? It's and I sometimes will allow two. So if you can't pick one. <laughs> I'm going to pick a category. Okay. <laughs> so okay. Uh, I'm, I know that there's a lot of uh, talk and, uh, you know, jargon around wellness. And I know that. And it's somewhat kitschy right now. And a lot of people are doing, saying this and that. And there's industries around it. But there are basics to where you can take care of yourself to have good outcomes that we all know. And many of us don't do. Right? Mm-hmm. Get decent sleep at night. You know, the television and the phone need to come off and you need to get seven, eight, nine, if you can, 
hours of sleep. Now, if you have children, I know that gets difficult, so I'm not going to, you know, wax poetic around that, but get some sleep. You know, control that part of life. It's it's under your control. Drink water, okay? Put the cheeseburger down. (laughs) I I will tell you right now, I love a good cheeseburger, (laughs) but it is definitely not what I eat every day. Okay, yeah. and so you need to make sure that you get your 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 vegetables in those those five servings of that a day. Some lean protein. See the sun. Walk in it. Walk fast, or run, uh-huh. <laughs> or do whatever activities that you can. And the last thing is, you know, community is is one of the things that are known to increase longevity. So your family and friends are your family and friends, and you should those positive aspects of family and friends that you like. Spend time with that community. Those things are going to extend your life in length and in quality. Mm -hmm. By the time you see us, a lot of times that has not been done. We're happy to take care of your heart attack. We're happy to replace your joint, you know, fix your eye care. We'll we'll do whatever we can. But your goal in life should be to not see us. That should be your goal in life. And there are ways that are completely under your control to be able to, to do that. Happen, yeah. yeah. So just that that's what I'd, I'd say. Yeah. I like some of your examples. They're very relatable. You know, seven, eight, nine hours. Just get some sleep. Get do some what sleep. you can. Just do what you can. Do I'm still working on a couple of those. So. I know. He's <laughs> got a new baby. So like I said, there's a little bit of an excuse you have there that's yeah. quite, quite valid. But the rest of us who are watching The Late Show and so forth, get those clips on YouTube later. <laughs> I say, go to bed. <laughs> you know? Well, thank you, Dr. McNeil. We so appreciate your time on coming on today and, and sharing with us your thoughts on Adventist healthcare and the future and what a what a wonderful place this can be. So thank Absolutely. you. Yeah, thank you. To learn more about Adventist healthcare, please visit AdventistHealthcare.com. And a huge thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in each time and celebrating our episode number 25 with us. We're extremely grateful to you for listening, extremely grateful for our our experts that have come on. And don't forget to subscribe so you get notifications for all our new episodes. Thank you and be well. 